Blog Talk Radio. Urban Flooring Radio. Simply Glory. This month, this entire month of March, we are celebrating Women's History Month. It's a month where it's been set aside by America, the United States, to celebrate women across the world. Women in our history, women in our current, women in our future. I myself, as a woman, am elated that there is a day, not only a day, but a month set aside for celebrating the women that have trekked the way for me to be able to be the professional that I am, to be the minister that I am, to be the musician that I am, to be the person that I am. And it is a delight to work with an organization, be a leader in an organization that takes the time to recognize as well. I'm changing, I'm becoming something better, I'm changing, eternally forever, I'm a new creature in Christ alone, I'm not what I was, but so much more, it was Jesus, who washed away my past, and he gave me Everlasting. He paid the price for my 
Changing with by gospel recording artist Tammy Smith. Tammy Smith is an independent gospel recording artist and praise and worship leader. She is a former lead vocalist for the Grammy and Stellar Award winning Chicago Mass Choir for 13 years. She has been featured on their latest CD, Chicago Mass Choir 15. Song number four, Watch All My Sins Away, Chicago Mass Choir Live in Nashville. And song number eight, High Praise and Chicago Mass Choir Song, Spirit of the Living God. You can contact Tammy Smith for booking at 904-619-6664. That's 904-619-6664. Tonight, the honor a woman of God by the name of Pearlene Olivia Morris. Evangelist Pearlene Morris pastors alongside her husband in the city of Havity Grace, Maryland, at Eat the Word Ministries. Jeremiah, called by God. The subtopic is God calls you also. Now, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hikeah, of the priests that were in Athens in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jerahim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year. Now, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, now this is, guy talking to Jeremiah and Jeremiah like I said earlier was a prophet he was called an endowment now the word endowment means cleverness talent ability or gift and I would choose the word that says gift because Jeremiah had a gift in him he may not have realized it until God spoke to him and let him know what he was going to do with him Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Now, God let Jeremiah know, before you were even formed, God knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Now, ain't that something? God sanctified Jeremiah before he even came out of his mother's womb. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Now, that part i got to slow down on, because Jeremiah was making an excuse why he can't speak for God. I'm also reminded of time when Moses, uh, when God told Moses to that he wanted him to speak to Pharaoh, and Moses had um, had made an excuse, too, because he letting God know that he stutters. He couldn't talk right. So God didn't let Moses keep that excuse for what he was saying to him. So he uh, had Aaron to help Moses. So let's get back to Jeremiah. Same thing with Jeremiah. Jeremiah had an excuse saying, you know, I'm a child, Lord, so what can I do? I, I, I can't really speak. But God did not let him go with that. God let him know, just because you are a child, I can still use you. So it doesn't matter what age you are, what gender you are, God can still use you. And we as women, sometimes we have a tendency of thinking, little old me, God can't use me. Yes, he can. He can use whoever he wants to use. It's not up to man who God uses. It's up to God who he uses. Okay, now when Moses uh, made that statement, I'm a child, God didn't let him, he didn't leave him with that loophole for his excuse. That means he didn't 
along with Jeremiah with that excuse. He could have, God could have either said, well, Jeremiah, you know what? You're right. You're right. You are a child, so I ain't going to use you. No, he, he didn't say none of that. God told Jeremiah, don't even say I'm a child. You're going to all that I shall send thee. Whatever I command you, thou shalt speak. So Jeremiah obeyed God, and he even God even told Jeremiah, be not afraid of their faces. Don't don't even let this phase you, how they're looking at you, their frown on the face or, or what they're saying about you, because I am with you to deliver you. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, which was Jeremiah's mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. And God can use us the same way. As women, like I said, you know, just because you're a woman, that don't mean that God cannot use you. God can use you in any way he sees fit to use you, any way he wants to use you. All you got to do be a willing vessel for him, open up to him, just lean and trust in him. Just say, Lord, here I am, use me. And you got to be willing to go through the process for God to be using you. So my conclusion here is just know that God called you and you stop making excuses to try to get out of it, what God is calling you to do. Stick with what God called you to do. Continue on doing it and continue on praying, fasting, seeking the face of God. He will give you strength. He will give you um, even the authority and the power over the enemy. Just keep on keeping on and let the Lord have his way in your life. God bless. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world can be your Savior today. Do you know Jesus? Is he your Savior? If not, pray this prayer with me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Jesus from the dead. I thank God for the work that he did for me at Calvary. If you prayed that prayer with me tonight, call us at our prayer center, 202-709-PC4U. That's 202-709-7248. Let us know that you prayed that prayer, received some information from us, and material for your walk with God today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the diva of poetry. Today, I looked in the mirror. What did I see? When I saw the reflection, I asked, is that me? The person looking back wasn't whom I thought. But then I remembered, oh yeah, I've been taught. You see, years ago, when I looked in the mirror, I saw fear, rejection, frustration, so painful I tear. The person I saw wasn't who you'd see. People saw a lady who was smart and free. Because I was bright and cheery, I was confident and cool. I had it all together like a finely twined fool. I made things happen and kept it all together. Wherever I was, I made things better. I look in the mirror, I didn't even have time. I was too busy pleasing everyone else's life but mine. 
When I looked in the mirror, I saw an ugly me. Every emotion I tried to hide infected me. Like a boomerang, what I shielded from came back to me. Deep down inside, I was a train wreck. An accident waiting to happen. More like, what's next? I was depressed with self-esteem down the drain, doing whatever just to hide the pain. Bad choices, broken goals, a lonely spirit, a lost soul. When I looked in the mirror, I became so desolate. I saw my life of nothing but regret. I needed a change, not a fixation. I yearned so long for a precious sensation, to be happy and free, and it be the real me, to be loved unconditionally, to love others around me, and to have dreams and be able to chase them, to look at my sins and have someone else erase them. So I looked into the mirror and stared at what I saw. A voice spoke softly and said, I see no flaw. I look at your heart, and I'm happy to say, your heart called on me this very day. I realized it was God speaking to me. I gave him my heart, and he saved me. I was so excited with a newfound joy. I couldn't contain it and made a loud noise. I screamed hallelujah to the precious lamb because I knew then I placed my life in God's hands. Before I knew it, I was down on my knees. I praised the Lord because he was so pleased. Never the same since that day. I learned to have faith and to pray. I gained my confidence and raised my self-esteem. I'm making great goals and living my dreams. When I look in the mirror, do you know what I see? I see the Lord looking back at me. No more pain or regretful tears. I have joy and peace and no more fear. I love the Lord and I love me. The life I live is this well, indeed. Look in the mirror. What do you see? If you see yourself, then please set yourself free. In the Mirror is by Tanya R. Liverman. As the owner of Native Productions, where dreams come true and legacies are revealed, and home of her broadcast, The Journey to Legacy Show. Tanya is the author of Journey to Legacy, a poetic timeline of her life and memoirs of an educator, inspiration for education. Her spoken word album, Reflections from the Soul, will be released soon as an encouragement for those who will need direction on their journeys. You can reach Tanya at 757-751-9177 and also at the website nativeproductionsva.com. Native Productions, that's V as in victory, A.com. Also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Native Productions VA. Her broadcast is on blogtalkradio.com, Native Productions VA.
Beautiful is by recording artist McCoy's on the LP entitled Undeniable. Purchase the album on iTunes, Amazon, and more today. For booking, contact bookings at NicoiceMusic.com. Visit her website, NicoiceMusic.com, for more information of upcoming events and music. Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory. We are going to talk about women in ministry today, the defense and offense. I pray that you are blessed by, according to the studies and revelations that I've received concerning women in ministry and, and the, the stance that God has concerning women in ministry and that we are, just as Scripture has told us, free to operate in the spiritual things of God. Whatever ministry or business we're called to, we are free, according to the Spirit of God, to do what we are called to do without any hindrance, for there is no male nor female in Christ. Also, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The female gender has for centuries on end experienced suppression and acceptance and society-defined worth, attempting to prevent us from the freedom in life and ministry that Christ has called us to. It all started with the fall. Friction was placed between us and the serpent. Her seed, the woman's seed, and the seed of the serpent, as Scripture says. Failing to consider the work done by Christ at Calvary, especially his resurrection, many people, including some women, disdain and discourage women in ministry and business. Some disguising their disdain with menial acceptance, they claim only to discourage executive or overseeing positions for women in ministry and in business. This must end and will only end with biblical enlightenment by the Spirit and true repentance from such a mindset. In Genesis, the third chapter, the curse is exposed, the curse for mankind in its entirety, but today we're going to emphasize the curse on the woman or the female of the of the human humanity species. Genesis the third chapter verses one through ten reads as thus Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, 
and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I heard that voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. As we all know as ministers, particularly, we've been um, we've been in acquaintance or have looked over or studied the scripture, many of us, countless times, so we know what has happened as far as the fall of man. What I want to point out in this story, in this um, record of history, is that after taking of the fruit, the man and the woman both took the fruit, first of all. That's something that many, many in presenting this story um, failed to highlight, that both of them took it. Both of them were there the male and the female. And at this time, God was was referring to both the male and the female as the name Adam. Why? Because he made them one. He took a woman out of the side of the man and created, formed her out of the side of the man. And man operated as one, man and woman, male and female. They operated as one. They were the first, as many of us know, the first marriage, so they operated as one. They were of one flesh. Now, after the fall, we will see in the experience of the fall and the curse, we will see how God interacted with and communicated to the man and the woman, as well as the serpent, each of the curses that were on them according to the decision that they made, the consequences, consequences that each of them received. The exposure of the curse is that mankind, after the fall, had a sense of nakedness, had a sense of exposure, and had a sense of separation, which we will see in the, in the verses to follow, a sense of separation not only from God but the man and the woman from each other. They were still walking physically together, but you are starting to see in that whole hiding process and shameness that there was a separation that happened already because when they were first made, they walked in the garden. They walked about in the garden that God placed them in without any shame, and they walked with the Spirit of the Lord. At this time, the Spirit of the Lord is not with them, but God comes to them and says, Adam, where are you? He knew exactly where he, he was, but he was initiating a conversation with Adam, the man and the female, the male and the female the male and the female, of where they were as far as their spiritual state was, that they, there was a separation that happened. And God created them, male and female, to be just like him. And something had caused a skirt in that makeup, and it was a fall, it was sin. So we see Adam in male and female form coming to a place of exposure to sin, and to separation, and to a, a false sense of living because of exposing themselves to what God had forbid them to, take, to partake of. The experience of the curse happens in the following verses, verses 11 through 21. And he said, Who told thee that thou, was, thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, the woman thou hast gave this to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. So we see blaming. 
the passing of the blame happening here. Verse 13, and the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity, listen to this closely, I will put enmity or friction between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, thy offspring and her offspring. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life, Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return into the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, the Lord God made coats of skins and clothed them. So here we find the experience of the curse. So they're experiencing hearing the judgment of the con- of the consequences of what they had done from the serpent to the man and to the woman. All of them received a judgment from the Lord God. The one that we want to emphasize or take a look at to for the sake of understanding why there's such a misunderstanding and misinterpretation of the position of the female, of the wife, of women, period, whether it is business, in education, in the church, whatever field it is, we see countless males and females discouraging the executive or upper or overseeing position of women. So to understand where this is all sourcing from, we're reviewing the beginning. In order to look at what is happening now and why the purpose or the source of why this is happening now is because we must look at the beginning. In the beginning, we see at the make of man, at the fall, we see the curse being incurred. We see the experience of the curse. So the woman, her sorrow is multiplied and her conception. Many people combine that. And looking at scripture and looking how King James has translated from the Hebrew, if you look at the original Hebrew of the entire verse, um, we see that there is a distinction between the sorrow of the sorrow period of the woman as well as the conception. So in her childbearing, in her conception, she's to receive sorrow as well. Why would he say anything about the husband if that was not including what he introduced? So the sorrow, part of the sorrow was her desire being to her husband, and that desire has a negative connotation. Uh, First of all, because man and woman, male and female, were one. Adam said, after God had presented the woman to him, bone by bone, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. Man with a womb. She came out of me. He recognized she's like me but not like me. She's one with me. We are one flesh. Therefore shall a man leave his wife, leave, excuse me, therefore shall a man leave his 
mother and father, and cleave, become one with, join with his wife because of what? Because of the oneness that God created man and, and woman in. And we see that the desire is toward her husband. And God says, he shall rule over you. And that rule in the original Hebrew says to have dominion over. Now, first of all, God created man and woman, male and female, to have dominion over the earth together. But then as a result of the curse, we see where God says that that man is going to have dominion over you. That man is going to have dominion over you. This is a result of the curse. This is a result of the curse. And we know, ministers of the gospel, men and women of God, that in Romans, in the book of Romans, in the book of Galatians, just about every one of the Pauline epistles, Paul, who is seen as a man who does not favor women um, to the degree that he should because of the words that he says, women ought to keep silent in the churches, which we see and I believe he says that in Timothy. And we see also where he says women should have their head covered. But then at the end of the chapter, he says there's no such thing in the churches of God. Uh, so we, we see almost a, as some would say, a contradiction with what he says to what is said concerning Christ, that there's no male nor female, which we'll go into later on in this presentation. He, in the Pauline epistles, we hear him saying that, there is freedom in Christ, but then we also hear him saying certain distinctions concerning women in the church. What is the answer to all this? The answer is that there is liberty in the Spirit of God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, and that there is, according to what Scripture tells us about the work of Christ and the finished work, the finished work of Christ, is that he has reversed the curse by becoming a curse for us that we could be fulfilled the fulfillment of the righteousness of God in him. So we see the experience of the curse in these verses. The woman in particular, her sorrow is multiplied not only in her conception but in her life by saying that she, instead of being one and working with the man, operating with him in the garden making it applicable today in life and ministry and business, she is to be under him. Now, God said this concerning her and her husband, her husband. However, many of us take interpretations from, from this verse, first of all, and then the verses that I mentioned earlier in Paul's uh, epistles, that the woman, period, a female, period, is less than a man. She's a weaker vessel which is italicized, so what does that tell you? And also, we have misinterpretation from, well, basically the Pauline epistles, period. <laughs> so Paul, um, in many occasions, speaking to the, the various churches, said various things concerning the woman, and we uh, build misinterpretations off of those scriptures, not looking contextually of why he said what he said, to whom he said it to, and if it really applies to today. Consider that in your studies. God, after this, pay close attention to what God does after this in the following verses, from verses 22 to 24. He says to himself, the man has become one of us to know good and evil. 
and now, lest he put forth his hand and take off of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and the flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. The state of the, the fall of man and the curse that was put on each of them was not the ordination of God. That's not what he intended from the beginning. And he said, unless he continues in this way eternally, I have to block him from the very garden that I put him in. Now, we all know, according to Revelation and properly interpreting the scripture, looking in Galatians and even Colossians, also Hebrews, the work of Christ and the finished work of Christ, what it did for us, Ephesians even, talks about what the work of Christ did for us, how it reversed the curse, and we have freedom through life, freedom through Christ in life and in ministry. We have freedom in life and in ministry by Christ Jesus, what he has done. He died and resurrected in order for us to be free. Do not allow the resurrection of Christ to be vain because of the traditions of men. we suppressing uh, the church of God. Just, just listen to how this sounds. The church of God suppressing the female gender just because they're female. They cannot be pastors just because they are female. They cannot be ministers just because they are female. They have to wear something on their head just because they are female. They have to wear long skirts just because they have to keep themselves covered so the man doesn't lust. Why does the man have to be protected from lusting when lust should not even be in his members? Paul talks about that in Romans. He said, don't even let it be in your members. Keep your members in subjection. Don't subject women to what you are not controlling and you are not, as we are about to go into in these next a uh, few months, consecration. You're not consecrating yourself, so you're subjecting the women to your ignorance, to your uh, selfishness, to your immaturity. You're immature in the things of Christ. You, you have, you're on milk, not even on meat, and you subject women who actually, as we'll find in the latter part of this presentation, who actually empowering what you're doing. There are so many, uh, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but there are so many women who are, who are empowering the work of, and I have nothing against men, but this, this what I'm about to present to you, what I'm about to, um, some of you have, it's not even, it's not even an introduction, I'm going to represent it to you, what is going on between the male and the female gender in the church and in business and in life period, in various areas of ministry and in business. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. In order for the, the creature to see the manifestation of the sons of God, the sons of God, which includes all, all of us, we get so looked up on gender-specific terms that uh, what, are, we, are we just daughters separated from what the sons of God receive? Is that so? Then why does not that scripture say daughters as well? Sons of God, spirit. Spirit, we are spirit. There's a male or female in Christ. The offense is what the world says concerning us, what the devil is saying concerning us, and what we're even saying about ourselves, women of God. The world is saying that we cannot be in ministry. This has to end. The world is saying we cannot be executives of business. This has to end. The devil says we are not fit for ministry. This will not end until his end. So we must fortify ourselves in our mind, as Paul says, the great apostles of God that had some things that brought confusion 
to the church now because of us misinterpreting. We have to look contextually at scripture. But he says, be persuaded in your own mind. Every man be persuaded in their own mind. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We are to add to our faith knowledge and virtue. Knowledge, first of all, we must know who we are. We must know what we're called to do. We must know how to do it and know what God has uh, required of us, has given us, and will do for us as we operate according to his will, as we allow our steps to be ordered by him. The devil also says that we are less than the male species or the male gender. This will not end until his end. He'll say this until, he, until, until his last breath, so to speak. He will say this. We must, as I said just before, we must fortify ourselves in what we know and persuade it in our own mind. Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory.